Hi everyone, welcome to the Restoring Rapport podcast. My name is Seth Hensley and this is a show dedicated to young believers pursuing the goal of healthy marriage and family. You know, we live in a world where getting married and starting a family is far too often postponed for longer than God designed and pushed to the back burner in favor of less important things. But the good news is that it doesn't have to stay this way. As young believers, we have the choice to prioritize what matters most in our lives every day and to live face to face with God and others. Every Thursday and Sunday on this show, I'll be sharing research conducting interviews and reviewing articles on the importance of marriage and family for society. I'll also be releasing exclusive content such as spoken word poetry, allegorical short stories, and bonus episodes for subscribers. Friends, God did not set us up to live life alone. The truth of the matter is that every minute of your adult life that you wait to marry is a minute of your life that you're not spending with your life partner. While some might be content to live with the consequences of this arrangement, I would argue that those who wish to spend as much of their life as possible with their mate are perfectly within reason and soundness of value to do so. It is my deepest hope that this podcast inspires Generation Z to pursue marriage, become the best spouses and parents the world has ever seen, serve with furious intentionality, love well, and discover the joy of hanging the moon for another. To access my sources, subscribe to the show, or get your copy of my latest book, visit anchor.fm slash seth-hensley or check out the show notes of each episode. All right, guys, in this episode, we are going to continue the conversation that we started in the last episode. If you did not catch that, be sure to go back and check out the last episode before picking up here. But without further ado, let's go ahead and pick up right where we left off. Mm-hmm. And I would just like, I would just, again, I want to tell you guys here, I think a lot of wives maybe will hear what we're talking about, Lane and I, and they'll say, well, you're saying that there's another woman who was, you know, close to me when it came to who you picked. And, and I, I want to, I want to set our wives at ease here and just any women who might be thinking that, um, that the grass is always, the grass isn't greener on the other side. It's really green where you water it. Mm-hmm. And um, we're not under undermining here the emphasis of, of attraction. We're not undermining the importance of attraction. I was incredibly attracted to Lainey. I mean, in so many ways, she was the only woman, the only way I didn't even have multiple options. And, and Lainey can tell you his story in a minute. But um, I only had a few boxes. Again, I'll reiterate those. I had to be attracted to my wife, like really attracted to her. She had to be really attracted to me and willing to stick around. And then she had to be a lover of Jesus. And Lainey not only checked all of those boxes and was the only woman who checked all of those boxes simultaneously, but she added preferences to my list. Like Lainey said, she she brought to the table a physical touch love language that I thought I was literally going to go without my entire life. I didn't think there was a woman who could actually match me in a physical touch love language and, and actually feel valued in that way and feel loved in that way. I thought it was gonna, she was going to be like most women, like um, acts of service or, or something like that. And for me, that was always going to be hard to, to my personal personality uh, that was always going to be hard for me if she had if she did not like to if she did not feel connected when we were physically touching that was always going to be hard so she she added a box basically she brought something to the table that i didn't even plan on being able to find a woman who checked that box you know and so these when when we talk about you know making the decision of who we want to marry to our ladies uh, laney and maddie um you guys are just awesome, and, and there's no other woman who is a better match for us. There's literally no other woman in the world who's a better choice for us. Uh, I think Landon made an awesome choice. I think um, I made an awesome choice. I think Lainey made an awesome choice. I think Maddie made an awesome choice. I mean, um, just so just set your mind at ease. You are the yeah. best option. You It's, yeah. it's providential. There's no well, other exception. There's, there's no other there's explanation. A, there's a uh, serious difference on how me and Maddie view our relationship after mm-hmm. having a child. 
Yeah. And I think that before we had our child, we would have both said that, uh, you know, our relationship was based off of um, the love that we have for one another, the love that we mm-hmm. share um, for the family we are going to create. I think that mm-hmm. that was a small part of it at the time, um, mm-hmm. but also our attractiveness to each other. Um, but genuinely, like when I think about my wife, and, and this is where, um, you know, you, you want to explain this. I want to explain this to single men because it's it's hard to explain um, I feel like everybody else just kind of gets it once they have a child with their wife. Mm-hmm. Um, but the love that we have for one another, um, she could look totally different at this point and it would mm-hmm. not matter because mm-hmm. it is not, it is not only about the attractiveness that I share with this person. Um, it's not only about the love that I have for this person, but the love mm-hmm. that we, um, came together to create a new life. And yeah. when you when yeah. you look at that baby, when I look at Walker, it, it creates a whole new type of love for my wife. Right. Um, Absolutely. So, you know, there's, there's no, um, I think that you have to be very careful about like what you were saying, the grass is always greener. Um, yes, but, that's so but harmful. It's always greener yeah. where you are watering it. I love the way yes. you say that because yes, th- one of the ways that me and Maddie have watered our grass is by creating a family, and and that mm-hmm. really does create a bond between husband and wife. Um, Absolutely, you know, it, it's like before um, before marriage. I believe that sex you have does not create a bond in the same way that it does once you are married. And mm-hmm. then once you see the fruits of that, um, w- by having a child, it, it brings a whole new perspective to the way that you live your life with your wife. And, um, yeah. I-, I want to stress the point that I've said on this podcast before. I don't think I believe in soulmates per se. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I believe yeah. that there is a, there is a uh, gift of God once you find a woman who marks your box boxes that mm-hmm. she becomes your soulmate. Yes, um, amen. amen. It, me and Maddie, if something were to have happened, um, Lord, it's been, what, four years ago? If something mm-hmm. were to have happened to where we would not have got married, I do believe that I could have done this with someone else, but now that I have done this with her, and now that we have created such a wonderful marriage... And God has created such a wonderful marriage for us. There is no other person that I want to do this yes, with, and I exactly. think that that's so much more yes. powerful than saying it is. I couldn't have done this with somebody else. Because mm-hmm. if that's your mindset, then you did nothing. Mm-hmm. And I want, yes. I want to stress, I want yeah. to stress the point that your pursuit of a wife means mm-hmm. much more than what you're giving it credit for. So once you do find that woman and you cultivate that relationship, if you both are focused in on growing closer to Jesus, then you will yeah. create a soulmate. You will create right. your you will create your perfect person mm-hmm. to be with for you. And yeah. I, I I genuinely believe that the um providential blessing of a marriage is not just before you meet her but mm-hmm. it continues after you've met and it continues yeah. after you've been married and it continues after you've had a child. She yeah. every day 
as long as you are, uh, I love this image. That it's the husband and wife and Jesus at the top of the triangle. And mm-hmm. as you grow closer to Jesus, both of right. you in your individual lives, mm-hmm. you are growing closer together. So Amen. if you yeah. keep Jesus in the center of your relationship, whether you believe that the grass is greener over here, mm-hmm. you are both going to start at the bottom of this pyramid, whether you mm-hmm. go to that other side or not, mm-hmm. you're going to start here. And then as you pursue that, as you water your grass, you're going to grow closer to Jesus and closer together and create that soulmate that people talk about. Absolutely. And you'll notice, guys, the language that Landon's using here puts the power and the responsibility back on you instead of shoving it off on God. And I think a lot of men do this. They really do think, um, you know, especially if they skew in the Calvinist direction as far as their theology, they really think that God is going to drop somebody in their lap without them having to uh, make any choices or, you know, do any hard decisions and, and better themselves in all these areas and actually go out and look for a woman. They think that a woman will just fall in their lap. And that's that's uh, that passive attitude is really how you end up with guys who are in their you know mid to late 30s and they're single and they don't really have any prospects it's because they haven't actually taken the steps that God has designed them to take to find a partner and they really think that basically the weight of finding a partner the burden the duty the obligation the responsibility whatever word you want to use of finding a partner is not on them they think it's on God they're basically just sitting back and doing nothing um, and and saying that God will choose a spouse for me and if it's God's will then we will get married and it's like okay yes I believe God has a will but it's your job to partner with that God's will is not always done on the earth if you want to sit on your butt and not pursue <clears throat> you know a woman that God's designed you to pursue and you don't end up getting married you can't blame that on God I am so tired of young men saying it's if it's if I'm not married it's God's will that I'm not married that is so incorrect it, if if it, God has a will, but you absolutely can fly in the face of that and do your own selfish and stupid thing. And so that's – and again, I, this is a heavy debate as far as theology goes. How much free will does man have? I, I would definitely skew in the direction that uh, man has free will if only for the reason that, I mean, right. you cannot blame God for the mess of your life. You cannot. And so personal responsibility has to be a thing, and I'm really – I want you young men to understand that. Landon yeah, was when, using words like yeah, – go ahead, Landon. Go ahead. When you look at the scripture um, – Proverbs eighteen twenty two says to find a wife is to find happiness, a favor granted by the Lord. And yes. I, I don't think that you have to read these properly in in saying to find a wife is to find happiness, a favor mm-hmm. granted by the Lord. A favor granted by the Lord. Well what is that favor? Is it to find a wife? Does he find it mm-hmm. for you? I don't think so, because it's saying to find a wife. So it, the connotation on that sentence is very um, conjunctive. It's telling you to go and do something. It's telling, or mm-hmm. imperative, my bad. Um, it's telling you to go and find a wife, and then you will find happiness. And I think the mm-hmm. favor that God gives us is creating that woman into your wife. Yes, um, amen. It, yeah. It's not that he is going to drop a wife into your life and say, here you mm-hmm. go. Um, you look at like arranged marriages. Um, these people did not cultivate a relationship, but they do afterwards. Mm-hmm. If it's a successful marriage, there is a cultivation that happens. And I believe that when you find that woman and you make that commitment in front of God, he will then take very specific steps and show you very specific steps to go and create a wife and go and pursue this to find that happiness. And then 
you go to uh, Proverbs 31, 10 through 11. Who can find a woman of worth? Far beyond jewels is her value. Her husband trusts her judgment. He does not lack income. And I, I think that this is so important because you can specifically see here that it is not just a, um, it's not just God doing it. He is not taking away your responsibility in finding a wife or a husband. He says, who can find a wo woman of worth? He, he's telling you who can do he, It's a challenge to you. It, mm -hmm. it is telling you to go and find this. And then Absolutely. God will then take, show you the steps that mm -hmm. will create this flourishing, happy marriage. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Again, guys, that you bear some responsibility. If you sit back and do nothing, if you do not find, if you don't seek to find, I should say, a woman, I mean, I would say you're you're probably not within the will of God there, especially if you're, yeah. you know, acting out all sorts of sexual perversions like pornography mm -hmm. addictions or, or you well, know, prostitution that, that addictions. To, or that goes back to, back to Matthew 6 about seeking first yeah. the kingdom of God. It's right. It is your responsibility to seek the kingdom of God. Well, how do we right. do that? What is our call to cultivating the mm -hmm. kingdom of God as humans? We are to be fruitful and multiply. So if you are seeking first the kingdom of God, then that will also entail you finding that woman. And then mm -hmm. you it says that all things will be given to you. So you have to make that first step. There is there is mm -hmm. a personal responsibility that you mm -hmm. have to pursue yes. God and his righteousness. You have to yeah. pursue a woman in marriage. And then mm -hmm. all these things will be given to you. Hi guys, this is just a quick reminder that you can use the link in the show notes to send me a voice message with a comment or a question. Right. And guys, that's what we're trying to do today. We're trying to, we know it's hard. We, we absolutely know that the personal responsibility of actually seeking to find a wife is hard. We know that you guys are a little bit overwhelmed with your options. We know it's difficult for you to actually put yourself in situations where you can find somebody. And so Landon and I, with this episode, these episodes, plural, because this is getting long, um, are trying to help you find tools to find a wife and, and find a wife that is a, a God-fearing, Jesus-loving, um, attractive, well-rounded woman. That's what we're trying to help you do. And so... Uh, I hope you've gotten value out of our stories here of this episode. And again, I'm going to go through an article here. I'm just giving you some more ways, some more things that you can do, some steps that you can take and personally take responsibility for that can help you find a woman. But Landon and I have given you our best options. I think Landon was great there about, um, you know, making a social media connection with somebody that he knew in real life and then treating the dating app as a confirmation of that attraction between them two. I think that's a brilliant strategy. That's another great thing you guys can do. And again, just to reiterate mine, go through your friends list, find people you trust, look at their mutual friends, or I'm sorry, look at their friends list, see if there's anybody you find attractive, reach out to the friend you trust and, and make a connection to the person that you're interested in there. That's the best way. And again, make sure they check those boxes. Don't yield on those. Don't settle, but also don't have too many options to where there's basically no person in the entire world that can check them all. That's what I would give you. Um, but this lady here in the article says, out of the seven plus billion people in the world, picking one to spend the rest of your life with can feel like a really daunting decision to make. And that's really how a lot of you are feeling now, I'm sure. That's how I was feeling before um, I got married to Lainey. She says, I can totally get how confusing it can be to try to navigate through the dating relationships in search of finding the person you want to spend the rest of your life with. As soon as we locked eyes for the first time, I just, and now she's going to give you stories. So when you talk to people and you say, how did you find your partner? I mean, I did that to so many people. I asked like 
every adult I knew and admired how they found their partner. Uh, and they would give me so many varying different stories. So you can't just, you basically can't recreate the stories that they tell you. Like this person says, as soon as we locked eyes for the first time, we just knew. And she says, the next person says we were friends for years. And then over time we realized we liked each other. Um, and then the next person says, I wasn't attracted to him at first, but I, as I got to know him, I realized he was everything I wanted. The next person says, I knew she was going to be my fir last first date. Uh, so that's the initial attraction argument that, you know, love at first sight type argument. And moving on, she says, as if falling in love didn't seem ambiguous enough, there are so many different stories out there of how it happens to other people. So how do you know when you found someone worth holding on to? I'm not married yet, and I'm still in the process of trusting God to help me find my future spouse. I love her language there again, trusting God to help me find my future spouse. She's not putting the responsibility entirely on God. She's not absolving herself of personal responsibility. She's talking about co-laboring, co-partnering, working with the will of God, embracing the will of God, choosing the will of God to find him, herself a spouse. She says, but once I heard someone talk about these four things, um, to look for in a match. Obviously, there is no set formula for guiding the right, guiding you to the right person, but the guidelines have helped bring so much clarity to my dating process and have helped me decide where and with whom to invest time. And so she says she's going to give you what she calls the four C's of dating, and they are character, calling, chemistry, and confirmation. I think it's interesting that she and Landon and myself have all used the word confirmation. That's the God side, so to speak. That's God giving his blessing, his indication, his confirmation, whatever word you, you, word you want to use on the union, on the marriage, on the um, the potential spouse prospect. Uh, and so character, that's that's what you have power over. If you want to be a sucky person, don't expect a woman to, don't expect to land a 10. Courtney Ryan, the woman we reviewed in the last episode, has a famous quote that says, if you want a 10, you got to be a 10. And it's so true. I mean, if you don't put in the work to yourself, if you lay around and do nothing with your life and basically get really unhealthy and don't develop any goals or ambitions or commitments or anything like that. Don't expect to find a woman who has everything you want because you're, you're attracted. You cannot get a high quality woman if you're a low quality man. That's really good. Uh, calling. That's basically like Landon talked about. That's huge on if she shares your vision for a family and if she shares your timetable for getting married. That's, that's massive chemistry. That's the attracted attraction element that we've talked about so much in this episode. Are you physically attracted to your spouse? That's really important. And then confirmation. That's the God end. Um, so that's basically the the aspect of God putting his stamp of approval, his seal of blessing on the marriage and and entering that covenant that, that, that is then irrevocable. So her first one is character. She says, what is their character like? Do you have confidence in their personal relationships with God? Do they have integrity? Are they honest? Are they selfless? Do they treat you respectfully and honor you? Do they share core values? Can you trust their character and not feel like you're always carrying them along morally, emotionally, and spiritually? Really examine and get to know their character to decide whether or not they have a kind heart. Um, you'd want to tie yours to. Uh, calling, are their lives headed in a similar direction? Um, skipping down, she says, chemistry is actually really important. This is what I found that separates a friend from a romantic interest. That's absolutely true. How do your personalities click? Is there an attraction? Do you have fun together? Maybe you really like hanging out with this person but can't bring yourself to get into a relationship with them and, and you're not sure why. It could be a chemistry issue. Um, and she said you should be excited to spend the rest of your life with the person. And then confirmation, she said this is key. Seek God for wisdom, discernment, and confirmation. Ask the trusted people in your life, mentors, family, friends, pastors, etc. Basically people of in authority over you. That's another great thing to do. Um, and and um, down here is a little bio on her. So um, very good, very good, I think, well-rounded article. She had a lot of good points that, that Landon and I uh, touched on together. And I think it's interesting that that's kind of an overarching theme. And people who find marriage do kind of have those things usually. Uh, so I, I would be in favor of this article. But again, to just reiterate, and I'll let 
Landon reiterate his points before we wrap this up. To reiterate my points, you can try the standard methods of finding somebody. You can look in your local college that you go to or wherever you go to college. You can look there. You can look in your workplaces, all the workplaces that you go to uh, for a spouse. You can look there. You can look in your circles of your growing up circles. If you went to public school, if you went to um, you know a homeschool co-op, something like that, you can examine the people in your spheres of acquaintance there, see if there's anybody, any potential prospects. Um, you can go through those standard routes, but sometimes those routes let you down. Sometimes there's not somebody you find at college. Sometimes there's not somebody you find at your workplace. Sometimes there's not somebody you find in your public school life. Um, so you've really, it's up to you. You have the personal responsibility of actually finding a relationship if God's designed you for that. And so, um, you know, the way I would suggest, again, just to kind of reinforce this point, the way that worked for me, I did meet my wife online. But the way I did it was a very specific way. It wasn't just through online dating or something, just blindly swiping um, right or left. It was through social networking, looking at people that I know and trusted in my real life, like I really met, like Landon said, with the people that he knew who knew Maddie. Um, and of those people, figuring out if they had anybody in their sphere of acquaintance who I was interested in based on looks, my three boxes, if I was attracted to them, if they, if they could potentially be attracted to me, and if they were a follower of Jesus Christ. Um, and then seeing if there was anybody in their, their sphere of influence who matched that, reaching out to your trusted friends, asking them if they know of anybody, asking them if specific people are, that they know are open to dating and that you are interested in pursuing a relationship with that person. That will really work. Um, that's what worked for me. That's the best way that I found. Um, Landon, could you go over the exact way that you found Maddie again, just to give these young men um, another another way that really works? Yeah. So um, one thing I want to say, and I think yeah. you can agree on this, is um, as you make your list, there are going to be things that once you get married, you realize you did not put on that list that you would have liked. Mm -hmm. and, yes. And that that maybe your spouse that you chose does not mark that list or mm, on the other mm -hmm. hand on the other hand um like what you were saying laney added to your list right and, both of those and yeah. I, I think that that is very i want to make sure that people understand that's extremely okay that that that's 100 percent healthy it's normal you're you're doing okay don't freak out. Like once you find that woman, there's going to be things that you'll notice that you're like, oh, I, I just don't like that. Mm. But that's where your communication comes in. And that's yes. where you have to be comfortable enough with this person to express what you want. Mm -hmm. um, so I wanted to make sure that we weren't like making everybody feel like they had to have a, final draft on their list before they choose right. a woman. It's right, okay yes. to add to your list. Oh, and, yes. And it, it's okay to um, have, you know, some things that you may realize were like something that you really wanted. Now, if you find a non-negotiable later on in the relationship, right. that's where things can kind of mm -hmm. get difficult. And I think that that's why you need to spend some time actually making this list and curating it to what you are looking mm -hmm. for properly. Um, but yeah, with Maddie, it was just, it, everything was pretty organic. And, and, I, mm -hmm. uh, I, I was a, um, I never did like short term relationships, you know, Amen. in, in Gosh. middle school, in middle school, I, I was in a two year relationship, then a four year yeah. relationship, then a year and a half. And now my yeah. wife. So, yeah. I was never about that. Um, but 
you you said love languages and and I wanted to also put out there that those can change. Yes. As you get Amen. older. Yeah. Um and especially if you are still um let's say under the age of 20. I think that at, at about 20 years old my love language changed. Did um, it really? Wow. Yeah, so so the physical touch part of it um is probably lower on my list than what it was when I was 15 to 20. Okay. Um, and, and that was a bit of a road bump because, you know, Mm -hmm. you, you think about like, this is what I've always enjoyed. And for some reason, I'm not enjoying this as much. Like Mm -hmm. I don't want just constant contact anymore. Yeah. And, uh, that can come with all kinds of different things. It can come with previous experiences that have led you to not enjoy it as much, um, whatever it Mm -hmm. is. But, um, when it came to Maddie, the one thing that I really enjoyed about her was that even through my different um, love languages and how they were a variety of love languages and it wasn't always the same thing, she was willing to accommodate. So mm. if if you have a wife that is – or a woman that you're courting that is willing to try her best to oh, amen. accommodate yeah. – you, awesome. you found something amazing. Hang on so, to her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that, that's something that you talked about Laney, you know, matching your love language. For me, I was in such an ambiguous spot that when Maddie was able to hit on different love languages that I mm-hmm. felt I wanted at the time and was open to me saying, Hey baby, I, I'm, I really don't want you laying on me right now. Like I, <laughs> I, I deal with, I deal with a lot of like anxiety so sometimes having too much contact makes me feel anxious and I don't want mm. that. And and she's yeah. very accommodating when it comes to that stuff. And that's something that wow. I really, really like. So that that's something that I would put on my list. But I'll tell you one thing. There was a, there was a moment where I knew that I wanted to marry Maddie. And yes. it was, yes. it was because I'd been in long-term relationships before. And after a while, sometimes you're like, I just don't want to hang out with this person anymore. <laughs> and, and if, if I spent a week with a girl and at the end of that week, I didn't need another week to recharge without her. Then I was like, okay, that's going to be huge. So my mom invited her to the beach with us while we were dating. Mm. And, uh, so she went to the beach with us, stayed in the same house, different rooms, um, for five straight days. And after we left the beach, I still wanted to hang out with her the day we got back. And I was like, okay, this is the one. Like I, 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 I'm not tired of her after five straight days of being with her. Amen. Yeah. That's great. I'm, I'm willing to go ahead and pursue this. And, um, you know, for me, I'm, I'm a very particular guy. I'm a very, um, you know, I, I like certain things a certain way and having her being able to accommodate that. And when I wanted to just sit outside and read, she was okay with that and didn't mm-hmm. need me to be with her. Right. I, that, that made the decision a million times easier that right. I, it was time to marry this girl. Yeah. Um, but I don't want to put off a vibe of it's, you have to have a perfect woman. Mm-hmm. You're not going to find the perfect woman. Right. Yeah. So right. find someone that is willing to work for your relationship mm-hmm. and get married. Yes. 
Yes. Amen. Narrowing it down. Having unquestionable boxes, having preferences that are not deal breakers, but not having so many unquestionable boxes that you li- there there is no woman that exists that fills mm-hmm. those. That's the key, guys. That's what you've got to do. Um, that's the best way that that Lane and I have found to find our partners. And as you can see, I mean, we're we're on the other side of marriage, cheering you on now. And I see I say this so many times on the show. You guys who are young and single, eighteen to twenty four, you have it a lot harder than Landon and I do right now. I mean, I remember what that was like. It was awful. It was awful. People who say single, you're immature if you don't enjoy your singleness season and that you need to be okay without a spouse. I think those people are totally off base and totally ungrounded in any, um, you know, any way of communicating that. I don't think that's true. I don't think it's true. I think you're designed of God to have a partner. And when you don't have one and it's difficult to find one, it's very difficult because again, when you don't choose the way of God, when you don't choose the design of God and align yourself with the way God has designed the universe to work, then you are going to experience consequences. You're going to get friction and, and unnecessary struggles that you don't need to go through. So again, Landon and I are sympathetic. We understand we've been single. We've been uh, yearning for a partner and not having one. We've, we understand what that's like, but you guys can do this. I want to encourage you everything that you're going through now. And my dad told me this when I was younger, everything that you're going through now, all the struggles, all the hardship, all the problems that you're having a single person will be totally worth it. Once you cross the line into marriage, they really will. And it, that proves so true in my life. Uh, I am so grateful to be standing here on the other side of marriage. Now married to a wonderful wife. I mean, I just could not have asked for better uh, and I know Landon thinks the same thing, and we're encouraging you guys here. Just, you can do this. You young people, you young men, you can do this. You've got this, and we know it's hard, but you are doing an awesome thing listening to this show. Hopefully, we've provided you value. Hopefully, we've given you ideas and advice that will that will benefit you. If you disagree with something we've said, just throw it out the window. Eat the grapes, spit out the seeds. You don't have to agree with everything we said. This is just our personal story, and we want to share it for the benefit of those that can glean from it. Um, and it would be our duty to do so. If we don't share, we're, we're losing out on, on, on reaching those people that could benefit from our words. And I think that's selfish uh, with experience. So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode today. We really appreciate you guys. This show would not be possible without you. Follow the show on Instagram and Facebook if you're interested in the content we post. And reach out and let us know what your story is, what you thought of this episode through the link in the show notes. You can send us a personalized audio voice message. We want to hear We want to basically talk with you guys. We don't want it to be just Landon and I. You don't have to be eloquent. You don't have to be some skilled rhetorical speaker. Um, just give us your raw story. So reach out and let us know what you, you think about the content we discussed through that link in the show notes. Send us that personalized audio voice message. Follow the show on Instagram and Facebook if you're interested in the content we post. And, and follow Landon and myself. We'd love to get to know you as well. Uh, and thank you guys so much for listening. And we will talk to you all next time.